0: Welcome everybody to this week in Mormons uh, General Conference edition. We're here to talk about the Saturday morning session from the evening in the UK, uh, seven wow. hours ahead of, of Utah. But we we have a, um, a crossover episode now. I'm Daniel from the international episodes. The other Daniel, the other half of the twin Daniels, can't be with us today, and Georgia can't either, unfortunately. But we're crossing over with one of the twin siblings. Matt is here with us, Matt. It's good to be with you, Daniel. Good to meet you. Yeah, actually, we just met. minutes <laughs> ago. Yeah, <laughs> great so far. It's a lifelong friendship. Instantaneously,
1: <laughs> it oh, starts uh, right away.
0: Yeah. How are things there? Like it's twelve p.m. It's, it's morning, yeah, right?
1: it's it's lunchtime here. So, yeah, things are nice. The weather's great. I think it's going to get uh, colder starting tomorrow. So, mm. this would be a good day to see General Conference in person if somebody wanted to do that.
0: Yeah, indeed. I think, well, I lived a few years in Utah and probably general conference, both conferences generally catch, they catch like some of the best weather in in, in the region. And and it's great. I remember in 2011, I was graduating in April and that one, it snowed throughout. And that was quite nice. My parents came to visit like for the first time, the first time my mom went to the US ever. My dad hadn't been there for like 30 years. And it was all snowy and like very wow. unconventional, but it was it was beautiful. And I think the the cover of the ensign back then uh, wow. was was the the Sully Temple all snow capped, and it was quite lovely. So, well, uh, uh, great to, to to be with you. I know we have a fifteen minute time slot to fill, so uh, we're gonna crack on straight away with with conference. So yeah. I've been watching it here at church. I don't know if you can tell that this is a bit of a churchy. Environment. We're here with uh, a few of our war members and families that decided to watch it together. We even ordered pizza. So what? what, what oh. What's best than that? Uh, a bit unconventional, but it reminded me of my mission days actually.
1: So Daniel, if you are you guys going to watch it there tomorrow on Sunday?
0: So we're going to watch the Saturday evening session. So the one at one a.m. Oh. here the last one at 10 a.m. in the morning. We generally don't do it, but we yeah. will do it uh, to, well, for everybody, anyone that may want to come, of course, but especially if we have any people that show up that didn't know it was a uh, conference. And <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because it happens. <laughs> and it's and quite the, the,
1: the, the Saturday evening session will be shorter. I think it's only scheduled to be an hour and a half, so then oh, it? it'll well, be a short it, church it for everybody. shorter,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that's actually a very good point. And, and then, will that. you
1: cook chicken nuggets? Is that the plan? You cook chicken nuggets in the <laughs> microwave or the oven at the church?
0: Yeah. Well, that would, might, might get me in trouble. Well, well <laughs> maybe not, not not in England, maybe. But uh, I, I know the, the trouble it costs some. But no, the, the, tomorrow I think is going to be uh, foodless. Oh, it <laughs> costs a little bit of. I wouldn't say controversy, but of course, it wasn't everybody's idea of general conference to meet and have pizza.
1: Which I understand.
0: I was a bit hesitant at first. I was like, let's do it after. But people <laughs> have dinner quite early here and a few families were like, you know what, it'd be better with the kids and everything. So it felt a little bit like a family home evening. To be fair, it felt uh-huh. a, little, a little bit like watching it at home. Like when I'm at home, it's yeah. a bit more
1: relaxed, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice.
0: That was a good experience. Thank you. So what do you, what do you think of, of this first session? I don't know if you have any any first impressions or any thoughts that stood out to you
1: yeah so this is maybe a question i have for you it seemed to me like we had some international speakers there was somebody from africa and there was somebody uh where is carlos godoy from i think it was peru that he said brazil he's from brazil yeah
0: but i think he was in the in the area presidency and um yeah in the what would that be south america northwest area in peru okay years ago so
1: it's it seemed to me like the international speakers were way less focused on topics of marriage and um, <laughs> celestial marriage than the American speakers were. I wonder if you have insights as to why that might be.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good question. Well, I I don't have a definite answer. I haven't kind of really thought yeah. about it much. But um, a lot of the speakers, I think the other one was uh, Elder Arden uh, that talked yeah. about the Africa. Um, uh-huh. the humanitarian aid and, and and all of that. I think he's from New Zealand, actually, but um, Oh, but he the uncle problem. of Jacinda Ardern, the former prime minister of New Zealand? I think he's oh. the uncle of her, yeah. Oh. There's a, kind of a government connection there. Wow. Um, but yeah, he, he might be serving now, I'm not sure, but it sounds like, uh, yeah, he's been assigned to Africa because of that experience in Uganda. I think that most... Uh, international general authorities and general officers not only have a kind of a, a previous background with the global church, but they're generally also assigned to to more global areas rather than... I think most of them do spend some time in church headquarters in some departments like the temple department, uh, well, mm-hmm. Not, but, but generally speaking, they may have a little bit more interface with those things. And I guess that leads their ministry or at least their priority uh, to, to some of those other topics. Now, it, that may be unique to this conference. I think thinking of past conferences, I do pay a, a lot of attention yeah. of, of those, those differences depending on their background. Um, I wouldn't say that that's generally the norm. I think on this one is stood out a bit more. I guess it uh, uh, President Oak's talk really made it stand out, right? I think for, yeah. for me yeah. that will be um, um, a talk that will be uh, somewhat... Difficult to process. I certainly know some people, not just here, yeah. but in general, that uh, the, the plan of salvation addressed through, through that angle can be kind of, uh, it's, it's still di- difficult. And I have some, some things that I jotted down about it. Yeah, I do let's want talk to, about no, that.
1: Yeah. Well, go ahead.
0: No, I, I wanted to first uh, touch on Elder Benar's talk, the opening talk. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll jump to Elder Oaks. So I. I really, and I was texting with Danny, who can't be here now about it, that I love that it felt like a tribute to those that serve uh, and that don't necessarily get public credit for it. And it, yes. in, in a way, we were, we we're talking, both of us have experience in in, in our home country in, in many, many wards and states that we've lived there. And it did remind us of, of some occasions where at least at least I feel that there, the time I lived there years ago, there was a need for a talk like this, uh, and, and what I mean is, uh, I felt that local leadership often—not everybody, of course—but often would have a bit of a bias to to trying to show off, like for lack of a better yeah. term, about yeah. things that they were doing or serving, or sometimes even taking a bit of an attitude of uh, "I'm the boss" type of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. which which i think it's um it's complete, completely opposite to the spirit of what elder Bednar highlighted of um paying homage to those that serve faithfully and quietly i think he said in the last wagons using that analogy from from uh, from the pioneers and a number of other examples so i just wanted to say that i i i love the more uh, ministerial tone of the talk as well because generally he's quite doctrinal uh, yeah. and this one felt like a, a bit of a shift in gears from his traditional Talks, uh, even though it still had his, his, his uh, traditional kind of language quirks. He, how, yeah. how do you call this in English when you say like a phrase with a like a preposition? I don't know how to describe it, but like
1: yeah, we, we that's like a, a passive voice. I think that we call it the way the way that they, the I call it general authority speak because in my world, if you wrote like that or spoke like that, people would be like, you need to change that structure because you're being very passive in your language, and so. It's a lot like that, this sort of passive voice.
0: Yeah, and I had a few thoughts about that. I think the session was not absent of some of my pet peeves, like that <laughs> that passive voice that you describe, or general authority speak uh, yeah. and the speed of it. But but in general, I really appreciated that we kicked things off with Elder Bednar's talk that uh, I was expecting it was going to set a mood in that direction. Generally, I felt it, it stayed that way. Uh, Elder...
1: Yeah. Um, Let Elder, me just ask you a, a question yes. about that with Elder Bednar. So I've noticed um, bishops oftentimes speak very much that same way where they say, I could not, this ward would not function without all of the membership of the ward, that bishops seem to be acutely aware of how much they rely on the members of the ward. I've, mm-hmm. I've noticed there's other, maybe I would call them ambitious people in wards that oftentimes are maybe self-promoting or self-aggrandizing. But is that what you mean when you say a more ministerial t- tone? Because it sounds more like what like a bishop or a shepherd would would be saying?
0: Yeah, I think th- there's, yes, that's one part of it. Uh, that, uh, but but I think what what I mean by being tone mostly is that the the usual type of talk that Elder Banner gives is very kind of establishing doctrine, like uh, yeah, or, yeah. or or deep diving on a particular insight and, and and staying on the theory and some with practical application, but very theoretical generally. Whereas this one felt much more like. A thank you, I took it as a thank you for yeah, yeah, for the it definitely that, was that people do across all layers, you know kind of flipping yeah. the tortillas, I would say, and <laughs> you know, what's generally hidden right, yeah, and paying tribute to those that that do that type of service, so in that sense, I feel like a change in in tone and more ministerial in that it recognized the individuals rather than trying to establish a top down doctrine uh yeah. which I certainly welcomed uh personally
1: and this might springboard into the other topic but as i listened to the examples that elder bednar used of the people who are at the back of the wagon the the specific examples he used i didn't hear anything in there that kind of like praised single members of the church hmm. and i was thinking about how in the church about a third of our members are are not married adults right they're single adults and i So some of what I heard this session made me think, if I were a single adult, would I feel like a second-class citizen? And I think that there's some of that, right? There's some of that in some of these talks where it's like, sometimes the single adults feel like they're not equal to the married adults.
0: Now that you say that, I think I I agree with that. I'm going through my notes here, and and, uh, I'm having a hard time finding a a reference that that would make... uh, single adults necessarily being represented or something like that. Yeah, like if they put up
1: chairs I guess, yeah, if they put up and take down chairs it could be them.
0: Yeah, yeah. but (laughs) but in in the same vein uh, Elder Godoy's talk with experience about the the taxi driver and all of that Mm -hmm. and then addressing members that have left and members that may be in but still struggling or not living up to their covenants, as he he put it. He he at one point talked about uh, lukewarm membership and I felt like the 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 solution he proposed or the invitation felt a little bit oversimplistic to me. Now yeah. wearing my global hat, I kind of see why I think that in Latin America at least, in Chile certainly and imagine in Peru might be a bit similar, uh it remains quite common that people might either join the church or be life on life of members, but really struggled simply to live the kind of the day to day, week to week type of church activity, and they might fall away. Not because they have a doctrinal issue or because they disagree with with, with something. Simply because it just becomes tough, and, and they go away. So this type of message of you know be be the strong link, don't be the weak link that he emphasized yeah. might have some relevance there. But I was thinking from yeah. the standpoint of the many people that I know that uh, are very engaged, but it's their engagement that's. Troubling. That's difficult, and that leads me to Elder Oaks' talk, and I'm thinking of the many people that might have heard this this kind of second lesson of preach my gospel talk, <laughs> um, and and really focused on the part when he mentions the family proclamation, right? That, yeah, that we know that it can be a sticking point for many, or a, a, a document that is weaponized by many others. Take it to, to an, an extreme.
1: Yeah.
0: um So, what do you think about that?
1: So I I think that most of what he taught was doctrine. It's all just in how you frame the doctrine. And there was one point in his talk where my son was asking me, he was like, wait a minute, can I go to the celestial kingdom if I'm not married in the temple? And the answer is yes. Like, yes, you can go to the celestial kingdom if you're not married. And this, right, this distinction of salvation and exaltation, um, it just sort of makes it sort of, we, we talk a lot in the church about grace, how we're saved by grace. But this was very heavy, uh, Choose which laws you want to follow, and that's going to lead you to a kingdom. And so to me, it seemed like this is actually the real paradox in our church, where we talk about we're saved by grace, and then this, after all we can do, but then this real strong, heavy emphasis on you got to follow the laws of a kingdom to decide how saved you're going to be in the end. And I think that that that's just challenging for a lot of people. But I do love how he emphasized that everybody's saved, everybody goes to heaven, and it's just a matter of like where you're saved. And and I also liked at the end where he said, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. And I think I, sometimes yes. I just hold on to that. There's a lot of stuff we don't know.
0: And, and that's my my personal approach is that we just don't don't know it. Now, a paradox within the talk felt like there's a lot we don't know, but also establishing a lot. At one point he mentioned the family proclamation as based on irrevocable doctrine. So without making yeah. reference specifically to which doctrines, but I think we, we see kind of the subtweeting on that, what it means. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. a, it's a complex issue but I do take I, I did like at the very end when he talked about another sticking issue for many regarding or doctrine about ceilings. when he said uh, that God will not force anyone on a ceiling relationship against their will it's kind yeah. of, of an eternal celestial uh, c- take on consent at the end of the day yeah. which uh, I think many will welcome that he was said I love that from that, that level so yeah. I'm sure it's going to give a lot of of uh, uh, reasons for, for people to talk about and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the conversation not just just about this talk but about the previous ones unfortunately we don't have more time to cover Sister Amy Wright's uh, talk on the Ten Virgins and, and her experience, wrote, uh, Elder Danes uh, and Elder yeah. gathering of Israel uh, we touched yeah. briefly on all the rest but um, we have a hard stop now at the 15 minute mark uh, but yeah. just to let you know there's going to be one of these episodes after each session later on with the other This Week in Mormon's hosts. So we invite you to to uh, tune in and to listen to those. And any last words, Matt, from your side?
1: No, thanks for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great.
0: Thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks uh, for joining us and see you at the next session. Enjoy journal conference.
1: Bye-bye. Take care, everyone.